0: <laughs> Kyle Lori, I can do that.
1: Kyle Lori? Lowry.
2: Lowry? Oh, thought she, she, she couldn't even do it. Let's not, let's just stop. Let's keep Yeah, we can let so everyone else bad. can be yeah. astounded. Yeah. yeah. We'll
1: have Ruby go versus uh oh. versus the wow.
0: Damon Stoudemire
1: Damon Stoudemire.
0: Stoudemire Wasn't he the short one? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't know who that person
3: is. I told you he's 5'10, right? Yeah. I
2: feel like Kyle Lowry was the shortest. Mighty I he was the shortest person.
3: Kyle Lowry's six no. six feet six one or
0: something.
2: Lowry, really? Yeah. How do so I say? As- We're not telling you how to
0: say any of them. That was an Pascal Siakam. Siakam, okay, thank you. And Sergey Ibaka. Here, here's here's,
1: here's, a, here's a fun trick that my African friends Serge. taught me. If you ever see an African last name, you can just pronounce it as it is, and that is the way to say it. Like, there's no like usually I was doing words that. or anything like that.
0: That was my attempt at pronouncing it as
2: it is. Okay, Ruby, try harder. Uh, (laughs) Oh,
0: goodness. (laughs) Oh, goodness.
3: Welcome to the Technically Diverse Podcast, featuring the Quadcast crew.
1: Welcome to episode number eight of the Technically Diverse Podcast. We are located at the intersection of technology... And cultural diversity. I am your host, Jordan, and joining me as always are the members of the Quadcast crew. My co host and our resident adrenaline junkie, I'm Sako, AKA Ruby.
0: Hey, everyone.
1: Behind the scenes, working his magic is Uncle Mike. Remember, if it ain't Mike, it ain't right. Feeling good, feeling fine. How's everybody doing there? And keeping us in line and doling out the law and order is our producer, Roz, a.k.a. Peaches. Hey! We're joined by Paul Jones, okay? He's a (laughs) Canadian sports and media legend. He's a studio analyst and sideline reporter. He's the Toronto Raptors play-by-play announcer. You've heard him on the Fan 590. You've heard him on TSN 1050. And he's also the co-host of a widely popular sports show, Smith & Jones, Paul, thank you so much for being here. Jonesy, I'm going to call you Jonesy because I always wanted to call you Jonesy and I can do it now. There's free <laughs> reign. I'm so happy. Um, uh-huh. So you all know, good. thank
4: you for all good.
1: being on our podcast. You know, uh, we really, really wanted to have you on. Um, you know, I, you can see me. I'm smiling ear to ear. You're so busy all the time, Paul, with all these jobs and all these gigs that I just mentioned. And in October, you just got appointed to the Board of Directors for Basketball Canada. Tell us about that how that's going and how do you find the time to be everywhere
4: Uh, you make the time um you you know jordan it's my late father used to say if you want something done ask a busy person uh because they will find the time to do it so i'm i'm trying to be busy um sometimes time is more valuable than money um uh, so i you know i i make the time um uh, and and y- you can thank Big Mike for this, Uncle Mike for this. If <laughs> if, if 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 nothing else, um, we we go way back. Um, the appointment to the to the board with Canada Basketball was was really kind of cool for me because all I ever wanted to do was you know uh, play for the country. Um, and and back in our day, it was uh, you know people might argue it was a bit of a closed shop. It was tough to work your way in. Uh, there weren't that many minorities black kids involved and i'm i'm, I'm kind of laughing now because canada is wildly successful and we got tristan thompson from brampton Corey <laughs> joseph from Pickering, <laughs> you know like like even going back we had a we had like back in the day we had sherman hamilton from malton and and you know michael meeks from like so it's it's good it's good that the the, the it's become more representative and uh the board was the same way they felt that they needed to become uh more representative uh i'm I am a self-admitted basketball lifer. Uh, The the game is, you know, the game uh, will never be out of my system. Uh, I often thought I'm going to be this old man at home sitting watching games on the couch. And thanks to COVID, I am doing that still. But uh, I'm also working in the field. So it it was nice to be appointed to the board. And it was nice to be able to, uh, you know, kind of be a voice at the table. And consider things that maybe they didn't always consider um, and have somebody, um, you know, kind of, as I said, be representative of a a group that uh, was present, uh, was popular, but wasn't always present at the table.
1: And you know our, our podcast is all about diversity, inclusion topics, and technology. And you you hit it on the head there, right? Like you're playing the sport, you're you're part of the on court action, but then there's no representation in the stands and in the front office. So it's it's awesome to see that kind of take place now, and um, it's awesome to see um that even happening in in the NBA now, where you know mm-hmm. there's a prominent focus on making sure that there's black exacts. And you know Raptors as an example, we, we we have a strong leader on the Raptors with Masai Ujiri there, so. It, as a fan, it's, it's, it's great to see, right?
4: It is. It is, Jordan. And, and, I, and I will say this about uh, diversity, equity, inclusivity. Uh, it's, it's, it's like running the marathon. You know, a marathon is 42 kilometers, or for those of us that are old school, 26 miles, 385 yards. And right now, you know, the NBA is, in terms of sports leagues, they're ahead of the NFL. They're ahead of the NHL. Uh, you know, you, you know they're they're ahead of Major League Baseball. If it's a race for 26 miles, the NBA is at the 10 mile mark, and you know, like hockey's just tying up its shoes, and and you know, baseball <laughs> and football are, you know, at the one mile mark. They're to me, they're way behind the NBA, but the NBA still has a long way to go too. You've run 10 miles; there's mm-hmm. still another 16 to go. And and you know, I am the only black play-by-play voice. Uh, on the radio. And I'm not even full time because of a, uh, you know, a move by a a program director years ago, I, I I am play by play for half the games and the analyst for the other half the games. And at one point, I was full play by play. And I was the only black play by play guy uh, in the NBA. So the NBA is diverse, it's progressive. uh, They have a focus on equity and inclusivity. But, you know, there's as you said, Jordan, there's still, there's still a long way to go. There's still lots more to do.
1: Wow. Wow. That's, that's, it's still kind of insane when I, I, I hear that's that sort of stuff that, you know, you're the only black guy like in, in the That's, that's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Can, can you, can you kind of shine some light? I know you've been in the industry for a while about how things have kind of looked historically um, being a broadcaster, like, especially in the Canadian landscape.
4: It, I mean, it, it, it kind of is what it is, Jordan. Um, we haven't had a lot of representation, Um and I remember, uh, you know, it's nice to see Jermaine Franklin doing Sports Center, but mm. you can count here the number of male minorities that have done Sports Center, or may- maybe here, uh, you know, with yeah. between my brother and David Amber. And, you know, I know uh, uh, Gurdeep, um, um Nabil Kareem, uh, you know, Jermaine Franklin now. Uh, you know, I, I think Tom For- Thomas Forrester might have done some back in the day. It it, it is there aren't very many, you know, and uh, that that's kind of the way the industry is. And again, uh, to me, it always speaks to uh, the hiring practices. Uh, people are going to reach out, hire people uh, with whom they're comfortable, and it's it it it's not maybe done purposely, but it's the way it is. People are more comfortable with people they know or people that look like them or people have the same thought processes. So that's how they reach out. And I'm glad there's a focus to kind of change the landscape right now and make sure that that isn't the case. It it, it takes opportunity. You know, it takes opportunity. And and I'll say this. um, And I, my dad was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, a Jackie Robinson fan. (laughs) And he used to say, yeah, Jackie broke the color line, but somewhere there was a white person behind him going, okay, you can do this, giving him the opportunity. And that's, I I I think that's, that's it, Jordan. I think that's what we're kind of crying out for. Like just give opportunities, give chances, give equal chances. Uh, Pick me because I know what I'm doing and I happen to be black. Don't give me the job because I'm black. And then when I don't do a good job, you know, it's held up against me like, Oh, this, this person failed. So, um, and, and then I would say on the other side, well, you got to be prepared, got to know your stuff. You, you, you have to, um, you, you have to be invested. As I always say to the kids, when I was a principal, your head, your heart, your hands, you, you have to, you have to know it. You have to get your hands on it and do it. And it has to be in your heart. You have to love it. Cause if you don't, uh, you're, you're not going to be long for whatever it is. Wow.
1: Like Words that. to live by, uh, uh, Ruby, why don't you chime in here?
0: Um, yeah, so I love hearing hearing that there's change and then there's, you know, people want to work with who they know and bring in who they know. For me, um, you know, t- kind of taking it back to NHL, Punjabi night uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Harnar Singh uh, broadcasting in Punjabi and my family just being super excited that there was representation, even though it was Punjabi, but now having him being able to now broadcast in English, it's just really cool to see that diversity and seeing somebody representing in us and seeing that diversity and that openness because it takes that one individual because then now that one individual is going to kind of get more people on board and get more people paving the path so I think that's very important to to see that recognize that and support that and have people say hey I can do that too
4: right it's it's hey there's somebody that looks like me Right. And that's that's the way you look at it. And, and uh, for years, we didn't have that, at least not in Canada. We're starting to get some of that now. I mean, I've I've got a a daughter who's who grew up, unfortunately, she had no choice. She grew up a sports fan. (laughs) Um, You know, she, 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 uh, all three of my kids, they've learned life and life's lessons through sports about, you know, discipline, responsibility, uh, effort, teamwork. Uh, no guarantees, no matter how hard you work. Like that's, that's life. And they've learned all that. And, and, you know, our, our business is tough and, but she wants in, she wants to get into the media business in some way or other. And I'm trying to help her, but you know, I, the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, right? Like I can do everything to help her. And I'm sure once she gets in, she'll be fine. But, um, but she's doing it because she sees Malika Andrews and Kayla Gray, and she sees people that that looked like her, and it's like, Dad, I, I think I can do this. And I'm like, of course you can do this. Now in our day, um, we wanted to do it, my brother and I, but we didn't see anybody that looked like us. But luckily, we had parents and aunts and uncles who would say, you know, Jamaica, Yaman, yeah go to. You're like you can do that, <laughs> yeah. you can do it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. So, uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of forge the path, and you, you look back and. If there's people like you um, that want, you 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 reach back for them. You send the elevator back, and you you try to bring them in too.
1: So, Jonesy, I'm happy you 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 brought up the the past and your brother. Can can you kind of talk a little bit more about how you got started and and take us along that path a little bit? Because you know you've just kind of always been there. Like ever since I turned on yeah. the TV in '95, like you just there. Like it just I, you. I associate you with Raptors <laughs> basketball. Like there's no other way.
4: It's bizarre, Jordan. It really is. I'm going to tell you the, the, the genesis of the story is, again, we talk about the things that you learn in sports. Um, and one of the things you learn is initiative. Uh, you know, in, when I was a principal in York Region, we had 10 character words around education, one for every month. Honesty, respect, responsibility, integrity, initiative, courage, empathy, fairness, optimism, perseverance. And my brother took two of those. He was interviewed as the player of the game, when TSN was just starting out, and uh, he said to the late Peter Watts, who just passed away recently, um, I'm, I'm a student. Uh, it's Mar- It's February. School ends in you know five weeks, the beginning of April. I'm looking for a summer job. Right now, I'm cutting grass at York University. That's my summer job. I drive a tractor, and you know I push a lawnmower and whatever. He goes, I'm a sports guy. Do you have any jobs there at TSN? And Peter Watts said, you know what? This was a Friday out in Vancouver. He said, call me Monday. And like I was talking to you people off air, we're Jamaican. Don't say call me because I'm <laughs> going to call you. <laughs> yeah, I'm up. <laughs> Don't say call me and then be surprised when I call you because I'm going to uh-huh. call you. So Mark called him and he said, yeah, come on in. And Mark got a job in March, April of 1985 working at TSN. And I was overplaying basketball in France. And I called him and I mean, we were sports nuts and here's an all sports channel. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, he says, I got a job. I said, oh, good. You got a summer job. you back cutting the grass. He said, no, no, no. I'm working at TSN. I'm like, wait a minute. The phone line's bad here. Like we're not <laughs> cell phones. Anymore, right? The phone line is, is uh-huh. crackling. Like, like somebody frying Bammy. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, yes, Bammy. I'm like, I'm like, did you say you're working at TSN? He goes, yeah. I said, man, you don't know nothing about TV. He goes, I know, but I know sports. Uh I said, what do you do? He said, I write the highlights. I watch the game. I write the highlights and I give it to Jim Van Horn and John Wells and Michael Landsberg. And they read it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, man, when you come back, you got to come and get a job. They need people to do this job. So, I came back in April of 85 and I was supply teaching, looking for a full-time teaching job because I wanted to get into coaching. And who do you coach? You coach kids. Where do you find kids? You find them at a school. Mm -hmm. So I was using my teaching degree and I wanted to get into coaching. And I started working part-time at TSN. And I'm like, son of a gun. You mean you're going to pay me $50 every night to watch three, two, three hockey games, basketball games, baseball games, like whatever? So even when I got a full-time teaching job, I said, okay, guys, I'm done. And they said to me, the guys at TSN said, well, we really like what you're doing here. You're kind of part of the family now. I said, yeah, but I got, you know, I'm coaching after school and I have lessons and marking. And they said, and what time does that stop? I go, "Ah, I usually stop about, you know, eight o'clock or so. And they they said, and then what do you do? You sit down and watch the game, right? I'm like, oh yeah, I watch the game. They said, well, why don't you keep coming in here and watching the games and we'll pay you and you can write the highlights. You're not going to bed till the game's over, anyway. You might as well be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's how it started, Jordan. And, and 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 I got in and just, you know, as we are taught, you 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 work hard, uh, you get to know people, um, uh, do what's asked, be a good employee, and I started to learn TV. Um, you know, I learned what the producer did, what the director did, what the PA did, what the audio how the audio guy worked. I mean, my first, when Mark got his job at TSN reporting, I would carry the bag and I would hold the big board reflector when he was doing an interview with George Bell or Jesse Barfield to make sure the light was on him properly. But I was learning the business. And I think I had an advantage because I learned everybody's job. I didn't necessarily do them all. I wasn't qualified, but I knew how important the audio guy was to get the microphone up or the cameraman to get the right shot Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, the producer, uh, you know, overseeing the whole thing, the director's pictures. I, I learned all of that and I, and I understood and I understood how the team worked. And um, you know, in, in 92, I got a break working in at the Olympics Mm -hmm. for CTV because the NBA sent their first team. And the guy who was running TSN had left to run CTV, Scott Moore, and he said, I need a basketball guy. The NBA is going to be at the Olympics. So I covered the dream team.
0: You got to cover the dream oh, yeah.
4: team?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Were, you,
4: the, the, were, you, the, the, were you around the practice? That's amazing. The thing that hurts me the most is that the final game against Croatia, they let me go to the arena to write the highlights and like to cover the game. And I was, I was, kind of had my camera there. And I was like, I had a good camera. I, I got it for a graduation gift for my master's in sports psychology for my parents. And I'm taking pictures and whatever. And, you know, Spike Lee, and I'm taking all these pictures. People are like, Barkley's right in front of me. I didn't know him then, but, and, and when we were coming back, my film rolled through the x-ray machine and got exposed. No! But I, have no. So, yeah. Ooh, oh, I have some oh. pictures, but the pictures from the gold medal game They got exposed. But two years later, fast forward, 94, the world championships are supposed to be, world basketball championships are supposed to be in Yugoslavia. Civil war is ravaging that country. Uh, So they moved them to Toronto. Yeah. And, um, you know, Skydome, right? Yeah. At Skydome and Maple Leaf Gardens, as, as fate would have it, somebody got sick. And my good friend and colleague, Leo Routens, who was supposed to do radio, moved to TV. And I got a call to ask if I would do the radio. Now, I'd never done it before. I'd been around it, but I'd never actually been behind the mic and on camera. By that time, I was producing and helping to produce and write Blue Jay shows and expo shows and, and you know, continuing to write highlights and going on field shoots and stuff like that. So I said, yeah, why not? I, I took it and, and it went well. And my broadcast partner then, Mike Inglis, was my first broadcast partner with the Raptors. And I talked to him just a few days ago because the Raptors played the Heat. He's now the play-by-play voice in Miami. I'm envious that he gets oh. to go to, sh- go to work in a golf shirt every day. <laughs> what but, a gig. Yeah. So, and that's it. And I, I just, Jordan, it's just kind of gone hand in hand. I kept up with the school stuff because I felt education was important, especially in our community. Oh, yeah. Um, some difficult places, but, but trying to, you know, at times give some tough love and, and prepare, you know, kids that look like me. And and I could see them. They were me when I was that age, and they they needed they needed help in a, in a myriad of ways. And so it wasn't until 2006 that I finally let education go and went dove full time into the broadcasting.
1: Wow, that's still a long time to to be a teacher um, and a principal at that, an educator. And I,
4: I was in 22 years. Yeah, wow. 23 years. Yeah. It's
1: you've lived like almost a double life. Like I, I thought Mike had a, an interesting double life, but I mean, y-
3: you just take the cake right now.
4: Oh, it's crazy. It was crazy. And, but uh, m- sorry, Mike, go ahead. You were going to.
3: No, no. I, I, Cause I was just wanting to say, I, you talk about kids that look like you, right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, helping those kids that look like you. So I, I remember when we were young, and we would go to your house. You probably don't even remember because it was just Wayne's friend that would come to to his house. And we were there, and I believe Leo was there at the time as as well. And I remember your house, you had this, this kind of roller and it had all these trophies on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had all those trophies on it. And then what I, what I always remember from you, and this was before I met you, 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 you were kind of like a prince to us. Because remember back in the day where, <laughs> where the um, dunk contest didn't come it, to Canada. It wasn't- Right, California. right. And right. so you had a satellite dish, right? And back then, that was big things, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody has a satellite yeah. dish, that's so huge. He, Paul, used to get us a tape Right, and then Wayne would call, right? Not text or anything. He would call or or run down the street to our house, and and then we used to watch this VHS tape that Paul recorded for us, and it had the it had all the the dunk contest, and it had the the game, and, and, and everything. And that's what we used to watch, like with one tape. You can't you can't even dub it. We always just have to go to Wayne's house. <laughs> or somebody used to come to our house, and we used to watch this tape, and that and that was. That was the 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 gold for the year. I don't know how many times we wear out that tape, but then when I you know after a while when I finally got to meet Paul and go to his house and then we went to an alumni game. You guys were playing. I think Leo was he went to St. Michael's, right? It was a,
4: he went to St. Mike's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had the I, alumni tournament at St. Mike's at one point.
3: Yes, yeah, and so yeah. we all we all went went down there, and then that's when I first got to meet you, got to talk to you. You know, I, I knew about your parents. I knew from from them from Wayne's house and stuff, but you know, looking at you it was like, I was like, wow, he's doing a lot of a lot of things for my for myself just in the background, and that was even before you were on on TV. I knew the stuff you were doing, know all the awards you got in, in in school because you know your younger cousin would talk about you, right? right? right. So that's mm-hmm. a thing of um, ad- admiration admiration, right?
4: You know, Mike, it's all about the work, though, you put in and yeah. and like, you know, I'm going to be talking to some schools, this uh, kids at schools in February over Black History Month. And it's important to, to mm-hmm. celebrate uh, black achievement and especially when it's yeah. really, you know, tangible black success. Yeah. But with the achievement and the success, what you don't see behind the curtain is the hard work. Yeah. Right. And oh, and when my kids were in the eighth grade on the first day, I would give everybody a dictionary and mm. everybody uses Google now, but yeah. there's a dictionary. And I would say, look up success. I said, okay, put your finger in there. I said, look up work. Mm-hmm. And they would, I said, read the definitions. I said, okay, this is the only place where you're going to see success before work. Yeah, the yeah. dictionary. That's it. That's it. If you want something you, and be successful, you're going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. So Mike, all those things that I was doing behind the scenes and like Mm. some of that, I mean, it's, you know, it's my cousin Wayne and his boys and whatever. Can we see the dunk off? Yeah, man, I'll, I'll I'll dub it for you. I'll get a tape for you, whatever. But all those things and studying and watching and, and those things were preparing me for later that I I didn't even know of, you know? So, um, and, and, and you have to, people have to understand this. It is about the work you put in. Like you have to work. And again, as I said, in sports, you can work as hard as you can, as much as you want, but there's no guarantee. Now I I got lucky. I, I, you know, somebody happened to be in the right place at the right time, the right people seeing me. I I, I got lucky because there's lots of guys like me. I, I, but if I didn't put the work in, I, I wouldn't have put myself in that position. So that's the biggest thing I think everybody has to understand. And I'll talk to the kids about it this entire month of February. Black achievement is great. Black su- success is even better. But you, you got to work to get
3: there. Exactly what I tell my kids. Because I tell my kids there's no such thing as luck, really. Because luck is really being prepared for that opportunity that comes. Right. right. That's exactly what you did. You prepared yourself. And then when the opportunity arose, you were, you were there
1: now what you guys are talking about it reminds me of and paul you might remember from last year when donovan bennett he came up with an an article talking about like the lack of like diversity and in sports in the canadian sports landscape and he referenced an incident where he went up to norman powell and he dapped him to say hello and they had a rapport and one of his colleagues basically asked him hey like do you do you know him like did you grow up with him sort of thing and donovan was kind of taken back he was like well and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He was taken back. He he was like, well, no, like I've covered this guy for years. Like even before he was like huge on the NBA, I, I formed a bond with him and like, it, it shouldn't me going up to say hello doesn't have anything to do with some prior relationship or, right. or growing up together. Um, and, you know, he even went as far as saying, you know, situations like that, with that, that colleague of his are all, you know, they're symptoms of a larger the problem in Canadian media and the lack of diversity and representation. So, you know, I I know we've talked about diversity and, you know, it's kind of a long winded way to get around to it, but you know, you touched on hiring practices. Why is it taking so long for like these things to like happen? Like you've been on TV for so long, like you've been there and you mentioned Jermaine Franklin
4: and and like Gurdie, Like, why is the problem? (laughs) I I just, I just think it's, it's, and not, necessarily purposeful jordan but i just don't think some of the people doing the hiring think about it like they just like i said they're comfortable with people they know and uh, um, people that are brought to them or people that are suggested to them and it it's in a it's in a limited relatively speaking it's in a limited circle Mm -hmm. and it's not that it's it's not even sometimes purposeful it's not even like oh we're not going to take any black people they just they don't know that who's out there. And, and that's what I said. It has to, the hiring practices have to change at the top. And, and, and maybe the representation needs to change at the top too, to, to consider black males, black females, uh, you know, you know, brown females, like people from the LGBTQ plus community. Like just let's let's, if we're opening it up, let's open it up. But the people at the top have to see that, and maybe, maybe it, it, you know, as everything else we talk about, maybe it needs to filter from the top down, and we need to look at who who we are uh, allowing to make decisions, or at least come to the table in in management from that from that side of it. That, I mean, that's it might be very rudimentary, but that's that's my thinking. Wow, Ruby. So lines.
0: I, so you know, as organizations look to diversify in media, but looking at a lot of the social media platforms out there i feel like individuals are carving their own space so whether it be via youtube whether it be podcasts whether it be TikTok, whatever whatever the means um do do organizations like tsn or big big media companies look at that going hey people are carving out their own niche it's it's a risk to us now um or you know looking at those individual individuals and bringing them on to their own to their own uh, large media companies. I,
4: I, I don't, I can't speak for them. Uh, I'm not in those board meetings. I'm not in those uh, upper management senior team meetings, but I would hope that you would see it as a positive. Um, these people are, they've opened up another forum. Uh, maybe we can get some of them to help us. Maybe we can use this forum to expand our our viewership, our, our, our listenership, all of those things. Um uh yeah if you if you I, I see the this-
0: question is is in, in you know in your conversations do you guys like hey did you check out that kid did you check out that kid what he's doing um the way he's you know you know giving the play-by-play or the things this individual's talking about and I think from that perspective I, I'm curious to know if if um you know people that have gone viral in that capacity um you know some someone to look out for
4: Yeah. I mean, and and you, and you hear of it and that's, and that's the great thing about this, the digital age that we're in. Um, That kind of thing never happened before. You'd have to kind of get a face-to-face meeting with somebody and bring your audition tape. And um, I, I, I think the world is, you know, definitely changing now because of, you know, the technology. Look, look at us. We're all, all of us here. We're, you know, four or five people. Uh, we're all over the, we're in different parts of the GTA, but we're all together here for an hour. Um, and, and technology's done that. So I would hope that um, there wouldn't be a, a, a narrow-minded focus with that, that it would be broad-based. And, and you would at least consider, now you may get that person in who's carved something out and find out, they might have done two great videos on NFL football but they don't really know football. So now you, you know, I'm still about uh, hire me because I'm good. If I'm, if I, if I check a box for you in some other area, that's great, but don't give somebody an opportunity that they're going to fail at. And then you're going to turn around and you're going to take heat for it or, or use it to say, see, I told you so. And, and give that person time to grow. Give that person time to grow. Very few people are excellent at something the first time they do it. It, it takes time. Except um, for was, Yeah. <laughs> I, I was sitting with somebody the other day who listened to a nine-minute uh, montage of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game that I called. And the comment to me was, boy, your voice sounds different. Well, yeah, that was that was 15, 16 years ago. And I it was my first year as a play-by-play guy. Right, I wasn't just a studio analyst or, uh, you know, a, a reporter. I was calling the game, and it was I was developing my style, you know, and and I sound different. I'd like to think that I sound better now than I did back then. But <laughs> I had an idea of what I was doing, and and uh, you know, every time I think of that montage, it takes me back to about a year ago uh, when we lost Kobe, and uh, you know, I, I tell the story all the time. I joke that the eighty-one point game. I'm not a big Picture autograph kind of guy. It's kind of frowned upon in our business. You, you, your personal credibility, although mm. there are times when I, I I I throw it out the window. Uh, <laughs> people will take pictures that I'm not aware of, and I'll get a picture with me and Vince or Tracy and I or Alan Iverson and I. And like when I see them, it's like yo, Vince signed this. Like I need to put this up on my wall, <laughs> right? So um, I asked Kobe about signing the score sheet, and he said, "Yeah, man, I'll sign the score sheet." Mm-hmm. And for probably three, four years after I asked him and he said he would do it. Every time he saw me, he's like, yo, bro, where's the score sheet? I'm like, sorry, I'm not carrying it with me on the road to L.A. <laughs>
3: you
4: know, and, and, and I, I missed, I thought I missed my last opportunity with him uh, when the Lakers played here in 2016. And I said, don't worry, you'll be back for all, you'll, I'll see you again. He goes, this is our last trip. I said, no, the All-Star game's here. Mm. He's like, oh, I said, don't worry, you'll be here. Mm-hmm. And I looked like crazy and I could not find it. Oh. And uh, ah. uh, my broadcast partner, Eric Smith, found his. And we walked out to the loading dock after the game and Kobe signed for Eric. And I'm like, I wish <laughs> I knew where mine were. And um, well, let's, let's put it this way. I found it too late. I still have it preserved because we were doing our basement. I was moving boxes. Oh. and I found the box with the game notes of Kobe's 81 point game and the game notes, it said the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, welcome, you know, Sunday, whatever, whatever, 2006, welcome Chuck Swirsky and Leo Routens, Raptors TV, Paul Jones, Eric Smith, Raptors radio, Um, Paul Graham, Dan Gladman, John Russin producer, blah, blah. Like it's there. I have all the evidence there, you know, and calling the game, but um, uh, you know, I, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait till I see Kobe again at some point to get that signature. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that one's always a bittersweet one because as a Raptors fan, like I I try to block it out of my memory because it was extremely painful. I'll, I'll never forget. I was at work. I was working at McDonald's at the time and I took the subway home and, you know, I, I got home and I turned on TV and when I saw that line at the bottom of the screen, my <laughs> eyes popped out of my head. I could not believe it. I turned to my cousin huh. and I started screaming at him I'm like, 81 points? I'm like, what, 80, I cannot Believe it, and even watching Jordan. It? That was
4: me. That was me in the game. Eighty, and 72. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And it's a good thing yeah. I was composed, or else I would have lost my job from cursing. Like I, and and <laughs> I'll tell you, at a point, Jordan, in that game, knowing what I just being able to compartmentalize what I was watching, knowing that Wilt had hundred, and I might be seeing the second greatest scoring performance yeah. ever in the history of NBA basketball. And I started cheering for history. People are like, oh, uh, Jonesy, you know, you're getting pretty excited with Corey, Kobe scoring 74. So I'm like, like, we're we're, we're, we're never gonna we're see cheering, this again. Yeah. yeah, we're cheering for history here. Never mind the game, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, it, it is bittersweet for a lot of raptor fans, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Going back into
3: your experience of coming up through being a like, having two jobs, <laughs> Yeah.
4: You know, so having the Jamaican things,
3: yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> having that experience, um, getting into it. I know you got into it in the background and made yourself to the forefront. I've seen things with Hal Johnson and and mm. what he did with Body Break and making that difficult situation into something new. I don't know, um, if you've worked with Hal or 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 had that had that pleasure of of doing anything like that, but I just like to hear a little bit of background on that if you
4: can Uh, you know it's funny uh with all the events of the world uh recently mike especially uh, you know george floyd and uh, you know the timing of it with covid shutting the world down so everybody could watch that Mm -hmm. i mean there was no distractions when that happened um i've talked to hal quite a bit since then Mm -hmm. and you know he was everybody knows he was uh, for lack of a better term victim of a, a quota Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I I congratulate him for uh, not being stopped. Uh, he's yeah. a successful businessman. His his entity uh, with with Joanne Body Break is mm-hmm. ha, has done well. Um, uh, he's he's parlayed that into into good business, and I uh, you know. Hal's, Hal and I—we've we've been threatening to play golf with each other for the last <laughs> summer or so. He's—he's <laughs> he's way better than I am. He's going to have to give me strokes, but yeah. <laughs> um, he took something and and you know, kind of personified the the, the perseverance we talk about. Mm-hmm. He wasn't stopped because he didn't get the opportunity he wanted. He yeah. made his own opportunity. Yeah. And you know, that's that's kind of the way it is. You you. Uh, if there's an obstacle in the way you have to figure out whether you're going to go over under around or through it mm-hmm. like but you're getting past it and that's it's not it's not going to stop you and i i look at hal as a guy that you know as i said embodies that um you know didn't get opportunities but took body break and made it wildly successful and and went from there and it's uh i'm i you know mike I I hope we're getting past those times. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, And what bothers me is something like, you know, George Floyd or Ahmed Aubrey. these things happen and people see them. It's not like it's not like it's the first time for us. We we go way back knowing the kinds of things that have been done that are unjust and unfair. And you just kind of bite your tongue and you understand that you're going to have to get past it. You know, dad used to say, I don't care how rough the water is, bring the ship in. I mm-hmm. don't want to hear no excuses. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to hear no, it would say in the word is wind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear no talk. Like just, just find a way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, and Hal did that? And I would hope that in these times we're doing that. The problem is there's a lot of talk and everybody's like, yeah, we're going to make change. We're gonna... Mm-hmm. And, and here we are like six, seven, eight months later. And we're still kind of talking and not what's happened. Exactly. Jordan. Like what, And and listen, I know it takes a long time. It's like turning, I say, it's like turning the ocean liner, like a boat. It Mm -hmm. takes a long, sweeping turn. And I understand it. But where are we in the turn now? Mm -hmm. Where are we in the turn? And if we don't keep cranking the wheel and calling for change, it's not going to change. You know, uh, when I was teaching grade eight, we studied a book called animal farm about the Russian revolution as part of the curriculum. I I taught grade eight with the kids and it was the perfect book because it, it brought two words that are, that are, that are interlocked and tied together conflict and change. You don't get one without the other. And when you get one, you're going to get the other. And this is where we are. It's as minorities, as Black people, we've been. There's been conflict, and we've been begging for change. And every time there's a conflict, and it looks like things are going to change, there's talk, and things kind of go back to normal. And normal doesn't work for everybody all the time. And and I think, like I said, where are we cranking that wheel? We still have to, not necessarily seek conflict, but we we definitely have to seek change. And if there's a little. If there's a few feathers ruffled out of that, so be it, because we're talking about what's right and what's wrong now.
3: That's that's true. That's true. I, I do have one question, because I've I've seen this person rise, okay, but but you really don't hear much about her. And we talked about the lack of let's say lack of color in the job that you do, so a color analyst or even the play, mm-hmm. the play. person that I'm thinking about is Megan Peek. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't see a lot of her, but I know when she was with the 905, I thought she did a great job. Um, you know, people like, like her or, or her herself. Do you ever, are you able to to help her
4: rise or
3: or? In- well,
4: I'm going to tell you something, Mike. Uh. Megan and I had uh, our first conversation when she was still uh, a university, a post a post grad student. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and she came to talk to me at NBA TV, Canada, Raptors TV, and she wanted to get into it. And I, I, I tried to help her and she took that help and she's forged her own path. Now she's doing play by play in Washington for the WNBA team, the mystics. And, Ah. you know, she's, 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 she's doing her thing. She's Mm -hmm. doing her thing. And, you know, she, she made the most of an opportunity. She came to people that looked like her for help. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, you know, do a little bit to help her. And then she took it and ran with it. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, you turn around, you're the quarterback, you turn around and you, you throw the ball to a guy two yards. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws it two yards and Tyreek Hill takes it 85 yards. And it's an 87-yard mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I didn't do that much. I threw the ball two yards. My man did the rest of the work. Yeah. And with, with Megan, I, she wanted to get in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of working in it myself and navigating it myself, but yeah, I can, I can help a little bit and, and I'm proud of her because she's taken the opportunity and really run with it
1: so guys in that last segment um or, or the last topic we we kind of went a little too fast because there's some listeners that i just realized um, might not have been around in the 90s and they might not know what body break is um, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so can you okay. can Mike,
2: i feel like, like you're throwing some shade for me jordan no 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 no. <laughs>
1: i'm not because you know we have a, uh, we have some <laughs> like active like listeners
2: the chat. <laughs> <laughs> i told him that he needs to explain what body break is no
1: no it. i just there, some people might not know so oh, it's, okay a good let's point. let's
4: yeah no no that, that's a great point uh, I mean I, and I personally I, I didn't know do about
1: it... Hal's struggle either until Mike kind of talked about it like I just thought he was this successful guy I just I just remember the short shorts on tv and I'm like yeah how yeah. oh,
4: let's go yeah. work out well, and, and uh and it, it's funny because uh we forget you know like people looking at Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech. I was alive when that speech was I, the grainy black and white video. I was sitting on the, on the living room floor, watching it on TV. So, I mean, uh, I, that, that's, that's a great point. Huh. Body break uh, turned into a, uh, turned into a series of short videos by Hal and Joanne, Hal Johnson, Joanne McCloud to help people live uh, a more active, healthy, fit lifestyle with, exercises. Uh, it later blossomed into exercises and, and food choices and dietary, um, uh, you know, uh, guidelines. That was and, the first
1: time I saw the Canadian, like the health wheel that said, like, you have to eat like the categories with the green categories, the red, the right. blue, and it the was like, food guy. yeah, the food guy. That's the first time yeah. I ever saw that. It, it,
4: yeah. it brought it to life, Jordan. And, and you know, like some people learned that chips are not a food category. Right? <laughs> 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 they're not, they're only a part of, uh, you know, Uh, of what's going on so i i again i I go back to hal and his his short stints and segments on tv that became very popular picked up by all these people and it's you know it's it was as if he said okay you're not going to put me on tv that's okay i'll find my own (laughs) way there you go yeah and and uh you know there it speaks to you know overcoming obstacles
1: Mm -hmm. beautiful that is absolutely perfect um no, Jonesy, we're, we're almost running out of time here. So I think that we should play a little trivia. Uh, All I, right. I'm, Roz, uh, you can cue up the first question because, Jonesy, you're going to be going against um, Sako today. She's oh, been boy. ready to go. She's like, you know what? I'm super smart. I can take down Paul Jones. Um, you know, Don't
4: bet money on me. She she's this. No one is,
0: this wants to bet our... money on me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she's a ringer. She, she, she went to Australia. She studied in Australia. Uh, she's been around the world. I told See, you a she's man, a, loss, a she's lost. A man
4: feels like he's two meters behind the starting blocks already. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how far away I'm. Sorry. Yeah
2: yeah.
3: yeah uh-huh. We were talking about we were talking about three on three the other day. She she said three man basketball. So yeah. Don't worry. No Mike, movie. you're gonna out her like that already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so first of all it's really inspiring to hear how people have been resilient and forged their own path. So with my inability to probably succeed at this quiz, I will make my own way. I'm, I've got there, no we, way. Go.
4: there, <laughs> there you we go. There so, we go. So Ross let's let's start off with the so first I realize I'm
0: going to be uh, playing against the the michael jordan of
2: this oh, quiz
4: see, so <laughs> man's feeling some pressure now
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> okay let's go with the first question then what year was the raptors founded in 95
3: Whoa! Oh, oh, oh. She that the all, nice. yeah. That's all I nice. got. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, she said that quick. I was like, "Oh, yeah,
2: wow." Nice. So apparently, the team was founded in 1995 as part of the NBA's expansion into Canada, along with the Vancouver Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. expansion presence. So like yeah, another team we need to bring back, but that's a story uh, for I'm, another. And day. I'm a
0: little pained by the the reactions of my my Quadcast crew right here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Told you that that three man <laughs> basketball that kind of
4: <laughs> ruined it for you. <laughs> Don't let them give you a label, girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> OK, who scored the first point in Toronto Raptors history?
4: Oh, OK,
2: OK, was it I'm Sharon- going to give
4: I'm going to give her a chance because I, I know this one, I know
2: I feel like you would. OK, I'll give you the options, Ruby, so you can guess. Okay. OK, OK, Karen Wright Ed Pinnickney, pick me pick uh, Damon Studemeyer. Alvin Robertson. I feel like I pronounced these all wrong, and I wanted to say Pinney. <laughs> I know
4: that's not. It. <laughs> Go ahead, Ruby. I don't know.
2: I feel like I'm just
0: gonna guess Robertson.
4: Yeah, it was, it was a good. three pointer. Uh huh. Alvin wow. Robertson, what? the first basket uh-huh. in Raptors history, was a three pointer. Yeah, I remember. By Alvin that. Robertson. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> i shocked Ed, myself. Ed Pinkney. <laughs> Ed Pinkney jumped center in that game. Yeah. and was later traded. Uh, I remember traveling one day to Utah because I was teaching school and I didn't travel with the team on the plane. I had to teach school and travel on my own that day. I took three flights. I went Toronto, Detroit, Detroit, Atlanta, Atlanta, Salt Lake City. I got there like two, three hours before the game, just in time to like grab a quick shower and get to the arena to do the game. And I saw Ed Pinkney walking out the door. I said, where are you going, man? The game's not for like, you don't have to be. He goes, I just got traded. It was trade deadline day and he just got oh. traded and he was, he, he trade got traded back to Philly and the irony of it. He, I think he jumped center in the first game and the last game for the <laughs> other team in season one. Wow. Yeah, He, he, he took the center jump uh-huh. uh, opening night. And then I think he took the center jump on the last night of the season for for Philadelphia against Toronto. <laughs> wow.
3: At, in Toronto. That in was Toronto. Fan, that was the fan night.
4: Yes, yes. I was Mike, there. Yes. I was there. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Wow. okay. I remember. Okay,
2: next question. Who this is a really easy one. Ruby. But you're already crushing it. So it doesn't even matter if it's hard at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Who hit the game winning shot in game seven of the 2019 Eastern Conference finals against the Philadelphia 76ers?
1: You have to pronounce the name correctly, though, to get it right.
2: You need me to give you the op- I don't want to give you the options because I'll be pronouncing it for you.
1: No, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> has to know. So probably one of the 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 most you know, I'm going to say the name,
0: but I'm probably going to say it wrong because you guys laughed at me before. Okay. <laughs> Is it Lowry? Nope. Maybe.
1: No. Yeah. no. Give me one more one, one more. Give me, give one more. One more. Give me one
0: more.
2: guess. Give me one more, guys. Guess again. It wasn't anything you tried pronouncing before. Just FYI. I oh, tried to pronounce Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka.
3: Why, why are we? And, uh,
2: Pascal Siakam, and it wasn't any of those names.
3: Why are we stating the odds against our guests?
2: Okay.
3: She's got one all more
1: right,
2: time. All right.
4: All right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, are you going to play the video for it? Oh, my goodness. They get it to Leonard. Drives right. Down to the baseline, fall away for the win. Got it! <laughs> <laughs> the excitement came back.
3: That was
4: amazing.
3: You can't get better than that. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> you win that one. That was
4: that was that was one of the most memorable calls when the ball hit the rim. I was Four like, times. I <laughs> was kind of like leaning, and everybody was standing up. And my friend Carlos was driving back from London, Ontario, uh-huh. and he called me on the drive home. He goes, "Jonesy, you're killing me! What took you so long? Like uh-huh. you got it?" Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Carlos, I had to wait to see if the ball was going." There. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like it, it, four bounces, and it just, huh. it took forever. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah. and, I, like I said, I was, I was, I was losing it. I was losing it. I, I really, I really. Um, uh, I, I had it in perspective though, because I knew that only one series, and it was on to Milwaukee. I said that at the end, but that—that um, that is, other than maybe Joe Carter's home run to win the World Series, or Backlip. you know, maybe Paul Henderson's goal in '72. I don't know how many more sports moments like that in Canada are going to go down in history the way that one will.
3: Yeah,
2: for real, for Ruby. Sure. Yeah. This is—I'm I'm sharing my screen now, Ruby. Can no, I re- I remember now. So okay. I do. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay. And do you remember who hit the? Do you remember who hit the shot though?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi <laughs> Leonard. Hey, we all got to start someplace. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So Peyton Jonesy. Um, next question is: Which Raptors head coach was fired the same year that he was named NBA Coach of the Year? Boy. Ooh. That that was also pretty recent. I remember this one. Okay, I'll give you the options. Lenny Wilkins, Dwayne Casey, Sam Mitchell, or Butch Carter. I feel like
0: I don't know at all. So I'm gonna <laughs> say. What was what was her first name? Uh
2: I feel like first I want to say Butch Carter. Was Vince Carter. Vince. Wait, whoops, no, so here he we are. Le- it was Wilkins Lenny Carter. Wilkins, Dwayne Casey, Sam Mitchell, or Butch Carter. The first one. Lenny Wilkins. Okay, yeah. that's your guess. <laughs> Do you want to go ahead, Jonesy? It was
4: it was Dwayne Casey. And <laughs> <Yeah>. I remember <laughs> I remember um the Raptors winning, I believe it was 50. 50 Fifty odd games, I, I, they were all running together for yeah, me because yeah. they've won fifty games for like five, six years in a row. But that feels it might have been It was over fifty. Yeah, yeah. Mark, it was uh-huh. over fifty, and they got swept by Cleveland. And the funny thing was, Game Three, when LeBron, they 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 lost Game One, having never trailed in regulation. It yeah. was it it was only the second time in. NBA history that a team had lost a game where they were never behind for the entire game. Mm -hmm. Cleveland tied it with like a few seconds left and Toronto had a shot to win and they didn't win. And it went to overtime and they lost. Mm -hmm. Then they lost game two, game three in Cleveland. LeBron hit a shot like going the wrong way and the right hand and, I remember calling it and my brother, Mark was doing the game for ESPN across the the court. Uh And the next morning, the next night at the six o'clock sports center, they had, here's what LeBron's call sounded like. They had Cleveland radio, Toronto radio, ESPN TV. And it was funny because my brother and I were both on sports center opening at the same time (laughs) because of that play. Uh And I remember the Raptors getting swept and flying home on the Tuesday morning and thinking, I wonder what they're going to do with coach. He's probably going to be the coach of the year, but this is a bottom line results business. Yeah. And if you're, you know, they always say in pro sports, it's absolute because people say, Oh, well, Boston got three games off them. The Raptors got swept. It doesn't matter. Boston still lost too. It's an, it's an absolute business in my eyes. You're either winning or you're losing. And it, like they say, if you're on a dog team and if you're not the first dog, you see the same thing every day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the lead dog. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's
1: amazing. And,
4: and, and here's Toronto again <laughs> losing to LeBron. And uh-huh. so I was, I, look, it, was, it, it hurt to see Dwayne Casey fired, but, you know, you understand the business and, uh, you know, you, you can't argue the next coach and they, make, they change the team and they got a title a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: okay. can't argue yeah. with those results.
4: Yeah,
2: we've yeah. got our tiebreaker
3: question. Uh-oh. Okay, this is it. Re- so so all I'm be.
2: gonna say
0: is have it be a good one because the real winning in this is hearing Jonesy's stories after.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but Ruby, you're this is high stakes too because technically, if you you do win this, you can say that you beat Paul Jones at Raptors
3: trivia. <laughs> I just put that out there.
0: <laughs> no one would believe me, first nah. of all. Yeah. Hey,
3: we haven't
2: recorded. <laughs> we haven't recorded. Nah.
0: <laughs> you
3: have, I'm sure I, I, every I, one of these questions, Jonesy's has probably said something about it on air. <laughs>
2: I, I'm ready You're for the game point. you there when they all have it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> she I'm wants ready, the I'm ball. Ready. It's game point. And I'm she ready has for the ball. game
2: point. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Who was the first Raptor to score 50 points in a playoff game? A, DeMar DeRozan. B, Kyle Lowry, C,
4: Vince Carter, or D, Kawhi Leonard? Vince Carter? Bingo. As a, fact, the, oh! as a matter of fact, he's the only Raptor, I believe, to score 50 in a playoff, playoff game. game. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at that. Like Terrence Ross, 51, was 51. against the Clippers on a Saturday night. Uh, DeMar's 52 was in the regular season against Milwaukee. Yeah, and we just saw Fred with Fred. with fifty four, uh, you know, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. So, Vince did his in the playoffs, and yeah. uh, and uh, everybody thought the series was over when he scored fifty and they went up two one on Philly, and everybody thought yeah. it was over. And I sure you know, did. That yeah. was
3: that was a beautiful series. I remember going to the to the games, and me and my brother were sitting beside each other, and it was so noisy, oh. you couldn't hear the person right beside you in there.
4: Uh, Mike, and that's when, to me, uh-huh. Toronto got captured by uh, by playoff basketball. Like mm-hmm. the the noise, the, the the energy in the building. Yeah. There's, to me, there's there's nothing like it. It's 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 like a natural high when you've got a packed building and there's a playoff game, yeah. and it's that intense. Uh, there it's, 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 it's an unreal experience. Yeah.
3: It's, it's, it's great. It, it, it was great. I, I, I love those. Love, I love those times. It's different than a regular season game. Totally. Yeah. That atmosphere. Definitely. Well, Jonesy, you are a
1: gentleman and a scholar. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I, I think we could keep this podcast going forever, but I, I know you've got to move to your, your next important afternoon here, your gig. So thank you so much for being yes, on the thank pod. You very much. We we hope to see you again in the future. We wish you all the best. Stay safe, man. You know, um, mask up, and uh, I can't yeah. wait to, he- to hear your voice again for, uh, on the games. But uh, well, to-
4: when this when this pod gets big and like it's 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 killing it, just remember to just invite me back, okay? Just oh like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, don't, don't, oh, for, don't forget yeah. me when you. When, when, when you when you zoom ahead, all right? Like I said, Jonesy. reach back for some of us and, and and bring us up, okay?
2: Jonesy, I'm Jamaican, so oh, you know we're going
4: to call. It. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, Roz, it's okay. If I tell you to call, it's okay. It's not like I didn't tell you to call and you call me and I'm answering the phone saying, "wit." I wish I called myself. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> like, like you know how, you know, the other side of Jamaica is, what are you calling me for? What are you calling me for? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? So we're good with it. I tell uh-huh. you to call, you're okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> great <laughs> okay. meeting you. Uh-huh. Awesome, gang. Yeah, thank awesome, you. Awesome, cool. Great thank to, to chat, folks. Have a great Sunday.
1: This has been the Technically Diverse Podcast. Remember to hit subscribe on whichever app you prefer to get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on various social platforms. On Twitter, you can follow us at TechnicallyD. On Instagram, you can follow us at Technically Diverse. Or if you prefer to watch, subscribe to our YouTube channel that shares the same name, Technically Diverse. We also love getting feedback and ideas, so if there's anything you'd like to see, you can send us an email to diverse at gmail.com. Oh, 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 oh,